welcome back everybody you already know you're tuning in to on the case it is fall we are back we took a little summer break but we're very excited you know who it is it's janae taylor and i'm Devonte beard as we are so pleased and honored to be your host for another school year of our outstanding podcast on the case so to the listeners who tuned in last school year welcome back and for our new listeners you're in for a ton of amazing and groundbreaking campus stories and perspectives that you probably wouldn't have known about unless we told you. I'm just saying. So make sure you tune in every other week for our great new episodes to come. So we want to thank you guys for your endless support. And if you would be so kind to rate us and write a review, we would really appreciate it. Now, as for our content, on our website, we have a spotlight written by Kiera Shannon highlighting one of our amazing journalism students, who also happens to be a KC scholar, Marjay Neal. The story details how poetry has changed her life for the better, giving her the opportunity to express herself in a way that is more comfortable and impactful than any other. From homelessness to thriving at MU, being a guest on the Today Show, and even being interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. And I ain't lying, she was really interviewed by Oprah. You can look it up. She has accomplished amazing things through writing poetry. For more information on this story, you can find it on our website at case.missouri.edu. Also, be on the lookout on our future episodes because Marge will be in one of them. But we got more than a website now. You already know we had to step up our social media game, so don't sleep. We are on TikTok for all you TikTok lovers. Go follow us right now, even if you got to pause this episode real fast. We're at Mizzou Case. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter, too which is also at Mizzou Case. It's the same three handles on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, so don't forget it. Now, if you need help with math, check out Math at Case for free tutoring services. It has already started, but will be reoccurring Mondays and Wednesdays in Strickland Hall as 50-minute sessions. The courses included are Math 1160, 1300, 1400, 1500, 1050, 1100, and 1700. To find the schedule and exact room number, visit our website at case.missouri.edu. And for more information on Math at Case, you can contact the Case office at 573-882-9208 or email Anna Maria Fernandez at fernandezan@missouri.edu. Also, Casey Scholars, listen up. If you are a freshman or sophomore, make sure you attend the weekly cohort meetings. The freshmen will meet in Middlebush room 212 on Tuesdays from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. The sophomores will also meet in Middlebush on Tuesdays in room 212 following the freshman meeting from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Attention case scholars who are also School of Health Profession students. This next message is for you. We want you to get a chance to meet with Tommy Thomas III, who serves as a Diversity Initiatives Coordinator on the Dean's Leadership Team within the School of Health Professions. In this role, his main goal is to make sure students have access to all the resources they need to be successful in the School of Health Professions, including scholarship opportunities, connections to faculty, and additional academic support. Thanks to the innovative student services staff at CASE, an idea was proposed to bring more SHP services to you, the students. So, Tommy will be working in the CASE office on the second Monday of each month from 9 to 1 p.m., Please take advantage of this opportunity and set up an appointment with him through MU Connect. And lastly, we highly recommend that y'all subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter, Case Connection, for more stories in the future. You can find it at the bottom of our website, again, at case.missouri.edu. So far up the case segment, we're beginning our new series called Showcasing Success, 
where we showcase and highlight the amazing achievements of individuals from our Mizzou family. This episode, we will speak with special guest, MU senior and Brooks scholar, Caitlin McElwain, who had a heavy impact on our high school in Illinois and is continuing to be amazing here at the university. We'll get to that conversation in just a few minutes, but first we want to discuss how sometimes unexpected events that take place in our lives serve us a greater purpose in the end. So with that being said, Janae, I want to ask you, what is something that has come full circle for you in your life? I would say a lot of things have come full circle, but the one I can think of off the top of my head that did have a heavy impact on my life, I would say is sports and specifically injuries within sports. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I was looking to come to college, run track, do something of that sort. But my junior year, I tore my ACL. And after that, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get an offer or go anywhere. I just want to make sure I focus on my career and stay involved in sports in some type of way. Mm-hmm. That's why coming to Mizzou, I was like, oh, I want to go into sports journalism. I can still be involved and just do everything, but also still have just have that aspect in my life. Like I didn't want to go on without even though I can't compete, I still wanted to be involved, even though that like cir- like that happened. I was like super down, super out of it. But like looking back at it now, like without that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be in this case office. I wouldn't be working with athletics. I wouldn't have had a lot of these opportunities now that I think about it because I would have been focused on the sport. I wouldn't have been focused solely on my career. If you get what I'm saying. No, I, I get what you're saying because my story is pretty much the same. Um, being a junior college athlete before I transferred here playing basketball, um, unfortunately, I well, I, I had offers coming out of junior college, but they weren't offers that I wanted to take. I wanted to go to a bigger university, and I wanted to also pursue my dream at playing at the level I desired. So with that being said and also understanding that Mizzou was – one of the prestigious journalism uh, institutions in our nation, I chose to go ahead and, and, and come here. So looking back at it, if I had taken the opportunities, one of the opportunities I had gotten as far as playing basketball at a smaller university, then I wouldn't have been able to network with the individuals that I have. I wouldn't have been able to meet the friends that I have, uh, join the join the the clubs or um, organizations, you know, to have this internship here. And to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't have been able to find as much money and financial support as I have uh, without taking that chance and just going ahead and, you know, coming here. So um, I've been able to meet so many people who have been able to connect me with different scholarship opportunities. And fortunately for me, I was – blessed enough to be a recipient of to be quite honest with you I think I've been a recipient of just about every scholarship I've applied to here at this university so shout out to all the individuals who have helped me um, to achieve that but yeah I it it seemed unfortunate that because you know I I still wanted to play basketball I still love it and no matter what like you said you still want to be a part of sports I still want to be a part of sports and in particular basketball so whether that could be a manager, a practice player, a coach, a, a athletic trainer, anything that could keep me involved in the sport, I would be more than willing to do. So um, it's just it's just a bigger picture thing. Yeah, you got to look at the bigger picture. Um, for us, it involves our passion, sports, right? Which is why it keeps us motivated. It makes us like what we're doing, mm-hmm. and I think, especially as college students or like people in general. 
we just have to understand that there is a purpose within everything. Yeah. The, and that's just, especially me, I believe that because of my faith, but not only that, just like, like mentality for some people, even if they don't like have that spiritual aspect of things, yeah. every, some people say everything has a purpose. I know like for a lot of students, um, let's just talk like boyfriend, girlfriend, petty stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh my gosh, biggest heartbreak of my life. Wow. Wow. Oh my, I'm finna cry. And then like, you focus on yourself for for a little bit. You look back at it and you're like, Well, it's good that this happened. I mean, it happened for a reason. They weren't that person. And now look at where you're at. You accomplished so much. Uh-huh. And it's just, I, you just have to, I think at some point, accept things mm-hmm. and take advantage of them. Like don't, if something happens or if you notice something, don't just be like, oh, I can't do anything about it. You definitely can. You right. most de- like you most definitely can. And it may not make a big difference in the world aspect, but it could in your life and the ones around you. Right. And what some people have to realize is you can achieve the same thing um, as you see some other people. You may look like, wow, they have what I want. I want that too. And your role might be a little rougher, but just because you have to go a different route doesn't mean that you can't get to the same destination. Yes, exactly. And I think that's back, like we said, big picture, full circle. Mm-hmm. Like small things that you may not notice may have a bigger impact on your life and lead you to do things you never would have thought you would have done. Right. And I think that's like a huge thing within my life. I say for your life as well. Definitely um, my life too. But that can definitely relate to our upcoming interview with Caitlin, which is what we're finna get into. Now we want to bring in Brooke Scholar and senior Caitlin McElwain. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So first, for those of you who don't know, we already read your story and we have a story of you published. We're going to update that. But why don't you tell our listeners where you're from and how you ended up at Mizzou? I'm from Freeport, Illinois. It's like a small city, two hours west of Chicago. And I ended up coming to Mizzou because a editor at a newspaper who actually graduated from Northwestern told me to come to Mizzou to get my journalism education at like half the cost. So I had no idea what Mizzou was before then, but then my family and I came down here, took a trip, and we loved it. So yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here. So what led you to choosing journalism? What? Why did you choose journalism as your major? I've always really liked to write. Like I think it's just one of those natural things that came easily to me since I was younger, um, all forms of storytelling, whether it was like a novel or a documentary, I always took to those things pretty quickly. And I think journalism was one of those careers that I could see myself in because you get to write, you get to be creative, but you don't have to form the stories on your own. Like you can just talk to people and learn from them and then boom you have a story and like Mm -hmm. it's just fun being able to meet people and share their stories share the cool parts about them um and hopefully see other people inspired by those stories so it's just really fun you never know what you're gonna get and i really like that so so what impact 
exactly can you because I know I know you just dove into wanting to tell other people's stories through mm-hmm. journalism. So could you tell us a little bit more on the impact you would like to have or hope to have through journalism? I think there's a lot of big social issues. There's a lot of isms. Even things like structural racism is something that I think people don't grasp very easily um, if they're not like actually in a non-white like group. They're Mm -hmm. like, what? Like, how does that actually work? And so that's just one example. But if you were able to like tell the real authentic stories of someone who's been impacted by this big ism, I think that you can help people resonate with it more because you can't deny the reality of someone's story like you can deny all the scholarly texts about um racism or that's just one example like you could say oh no that's not true like those are elitists writing that stuff you know but Uh like if i'm telling you the story of a of someone a real person a personal experience yeah then i think hopefully you would be able to relate to that more and like hmm, okay, maybe this is real. Like, maybe I need to stop denying the reality of another person's lived experience. And so that's just one impact I'd I'd like to be able to have. So So I know you were talking about how the impact you have on journalism and just getting into journalism. Um, And we know, for those of you that don't know that haven't read the story, you did have a really huge internship with NPR in Wichita, Kansas, which is a huge platform. I know, I think many journalists know that platform. And how was that for you um, coming full circle? Because I know, I would like you, could you tell us your story about how it started with you with NPR and then you just ended up working with them? Yeah, so my introduction to NPR was in a high school English class. And my teacher showed us a story about black women being three times more likely to die um, after childbirth than white women. And one, the story was just beautifully written. It was sad, but the journalists did a great job of, like I said, making a personal, relatable connection to a woman who became that statistic. Mm -hmm. They brought that statistic to life. And number two... As a black woman, that's an issue that affects me. And NPR was the first time that I'd heard of that in high school. And like, I think that's the power of journalism is that it can bring light issues that you don't read in your medical books or your textbooks, because unfortunately, a lot of those texts are dated and maybe not as updated um, or they have uh, remnants of structural racism embedded in them so they're not talking about the fact that black women are three times more likely to die because that's not something they want to admit necessarily so anyways i really liked that npr was a publication that could do that i mean immediately they build they built trust with me because they're producing this real story that impacts me and so when i learned about this internship in like 2019 2020 i was like so over the moon about it because it was the Corva Coleman diversity in journalism internship. So it was built for journalists of color and it was going to provide mentorship from Corva Coleman, who is like so well-known and so, um, I mean, well-known for good reason and just so accomplished. And she's just the greatest person ever. So it was just so cool to be able to be 
in public media this summer um, and being able to use my experience to inform the stories I wanted to tell. And I don't know, you just, I was able to see myself in NPR, like, and it's more and more like becoming a reality. Um, This is kind of new information, but on Friday, I'm going to have a Zoom call with the president and CEO of NPR. Um, cool. Corva just set that up. And well, that's your buddy. He's <laughs> working it out for you. <laughs> yes. And he's going to, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm a little nervous, but I just think it's amazing that she's really investing in me and other people who are going to be able to do this internship in the future. So, yeah. So what could you detail a little bit more? What exactly took place in your internship? What exactly did you do over the course of that time? Yeah. So I was basically a general assignment reporter. Um, I would come in every day and my boss, Tom Shine, he's the news director, uh, would say, all right, Caitlin, we need this story. You give me a little bit of background. But other than that, it was up to me to make the phone calls. Sometimes I would go out with audio recording equipment and I interviewed the governor <laughs> once, mm-hmm. the governor of Kansas, Laura uh, Kelly. Um, and yeah, and I would gather audio and then I would come back to the station, go into the studios, put together radio spots to play during the newscast. Um, I wrote stories for the online website and I recorded some of the Saturday newscasts also. Um, and yeah, I was basically just there like any other staff member, just reporting and writing, taking pictures, all that. So what would you say your favorite interview was or your favorite story was this summer? I found a hairstylist on TikTok who um, she's Vietnamese and um, she does like really vivid like colors on like people who want to look like cartoon characters or anime characters and things like that. And I found her and I was like, hmm, okay. So I reached out to her. She was actually really scared because <laughs> I'm just this random person messaging her on Instagram. But um, I came to her salon and talked to her and she's a 20 year old. Um, and anyways, she posted this TikTok and it went viral and people from Missouri and Texas and Nebraska were coming just to get their hair done by her. So it was just a cool story because I got to dig into some of my niche interests. But I also got to talk to her about being Vietnamese in Kansas and kind of the experiences of racism she's experienced um, and how that impacts her and her work. Um, so that was just really fun, just being able to talk to another person my age pretty much. Yeah, from everything you're like telling us, it's really cool that you got that experience and you see it as something meaningful that you like this internship. So with NPR, I would just like we would just like to know what has NPR done to excel you as a journalist? Do you believe that helped you the most like grow yourself as a person and as a journalist? I love that NPR is a public media station, which means that it's funded by donors and so they're not catering to like advertising or anything like that which is really cool to me because um I think it's easy to be very disillusioned with the business side of journalism and 
playing to the advertisers and things like that. And um, it also means that the people who listen to NPR believe in it so much that they're willing to give to it. And so I think being there this summer helped me to see that. I mean, I went to events and things. And as soon as I mentioned I worked for the radio station, they were like, oh, my gosh, we love them. And they were just like showering this radio station with praise. And, and it's like, points yeah, literally. And it just made me see like this is a it's a public service. It's not. Mm. Um, like people really want to be a part of what we're doing and therefore that makes me want to make sure I'm telling the stories they need to know. Um, and so I just think that really helped me to love journalism even more than I already did. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just really cool to learn about the community while I was there working for them and i love wichita i want to go back i'm going back on friday actually um for a wedding but mm -hmm. anyways yeah i don't know if that answers the question I, I think so but i i want to get to your success as a student solely here at at school um as you're getting closer to receiving your bachelor's degree which will be this coming may um we are aware that you plan to do the accelerated master's program here through the j school so with that being said, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that accelerated program and why you chose to go that route? In addition to being a Brooks Scholar, I'm also a Walter Williams Scholar, which is just a level of distinction within the journalism school. Mm -hmm. And a part of that program is that you get automatic acceptance into the accelerated master's oh, program. Oh, you got it good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful <laughs> for that. Um, and so... Um, yeah, that's, was one reason why I decided to do it. Um, and the Accelerate Masters program is automatically a part of the Walter Williams Journalism Scholars program, which I'm in. You get automatic acceptance. And so what it is, it makes a two-year program, um, essentially like a one and a half year program. Mm -hmm. And you start the courses during your last year of undergrad. So I'm in one grad school class right now, in addition to my undergrad classes, and they count as electives towards my bachelor's degree. So it doesn't impact, you know, um, me staying longer or anything. I'll graduate on time. I'll just have a little bit of a graduate degree as I'm graduating with my bachelor's. So yeah, the program basically guides you through like, media research, the effects that media has on society, how society affects media, and like the cultural implications of that. And I'm either going to produce a thesis or a professional project. I still don't know what I'm going to do, but I'd like to have it because it's the easiest and cheapest way I'm ever going to get a master's. And um, it does allow me to stay at Mizzou for another year. So <laughs> I'm selfishly uh, choosing to do that. So what, how is the scheduling with all, do you have like a ton of courses that you're taking right now to do that? And how, <laughs> how is that? Thankfully, I'm only in 15 credit hours right now. So I'm taking 12 undergrad and three credit hours of grad next semester it's gonna oh. be a flood it might be a flood we'll see i have to meet with my advisor but yeah you definitely have to make sure that you have room in your senior year to 
allow the grad courses to be electives Mm -hmm. otherwise you might not be able to so coming in i came in with a lot of credits from high school so that's part of the reason why i can do this so yeah so after you after you get your master's what would you say is your ideal dream or dream career that you want to take on that's a hard question Mm -hmm. um but my dream is to work for npr somewhere anywhere i'd love to be in wichita because that was my first experience with npr Mm -hmm. and it was so fun literally the nicest newsroom you will ever be in um but my dream is to like have my own podcast i'd like to write a book not really sure about what but i really love writing and um i think mizzou has helped me to take writing to a different level of not just being good at grammar and things like that, but to actually write with some edge, like write Mm -hmm. with some risk um, and to really get at people's emotions when you write, Um, just not to make it a passive experience, I guess. So um, yeah, I think those are my, those are my dreams, I guess. Those are really good. I like that. That's so nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so obviously we want to relate this back to Case. You're saying that you are a Brooks Scholar. Um, how has Case impacted you on your journey here at Mizzou? Well, the financial help from Case is probably the only reason why I'm able to be here at Mizzou. Um, if it weren't for getting the Brooks Scholarship, I would not have been able to afford to come to college. Um because yeah, that's just some, it's, I'm paying for it by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is one huge, but then also having mentors like Karen and, um, Amon when he was here, um, just really helped me to one, anticipate the microaggressions that you can face while you're in college yeah. and then also how to deal with them and not let them keep me from doing my best that I can do. So I think just like having mentors like them in my life has been really critical. Um, It's just really cool to be around like other high achieving minority students who might not necessarily relate with the other high achieving students in their classes. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of get this place to like relax and be like, okay, like Feel comfortable. Yeah. And, um, because we're in the middle of Missouri, like let's not, you know, let's yeah, not yeah. be too, <laughs> you know, let's be candid here. And so it's easy to encounter people here that are just not culturally sensitive at all. And so it's really nice to have a cohort to fall back on Mm -hmm. just to know that you're not alone um, when you see or hear something that is just like, oh, gosh, you know, raised out of pocket. Literally. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to know what your reaction was and your family's reaction to you being a recipient of the Brooks Scholarship, Um, because Anytime you get a bunch of money, thousands of dollars, <laughs> everybody should be excited. So I'm just wondering what, start with yourself. What was your reaction? And then what was your family's reaction to you being a recipient? Okay, it's so funny. I was driving to a hair appointment when I got the call that I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was literally driving with one hand. And I was like almost crying, like, thank you so much. And I had to like 
literally almost hit a car i'm pretty sure oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. yeah because i was so excited and so as soon as i found out i called my parents and they were like screaming in the phone and i'm like about to go under the water getting my hair done i'm like yeah okay i gotta go y'all but <laughs> yeah i got it and it was it was just amazing because um looking at the price tag of mizzou we were just not sure we wanted to go and we knew we could try to make it work but we just were like man as an out-of-state student i really needed that help with tuition and the right. out-of-state tuition fees we were like man like we were praying so in state you need the help yes so, yeah i, I know Literally. And so, I mean, they were just so excited because they went with me to the interview. We made a whole weekend out of it. And so they were so excited. I posted about it on Facebook mm -hmm. and all my friends were just like, congratulations. And little by little, like I was just like, whoa, like I can actually go to college. I can actually afford it, like and not have to take out like a bunch of loans and be in debt forever. So, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was such a good feeling. And I can definitely testify to that. Like what you say, it's nerve wracking, like going into it and just seeing everything. But then when you get it, it's such a relief. And you're just like, wow, I really did that. Yes. You really did that, Kayla. <laughs> like you really did that, especially everything you've done. Um, so just to like wrap things up in a little bit, um, from everything you've learned through the J School here, through Case, through NPR, what is one piece of advice or a piece of information you would give to those uh, wanting to go for their dreams or just make a difference in the world? I would say just start with what you are already passionate about. I think that you're going to have way much more drive to accomplish great things if you're coming from a place of genuine passion. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. You know, if I didn't, my I always had to whenever I was struggling or just so stressed or burnt out I had to remember I love writing I love telling people stories I love the way that words can capture the human experience in these super poetic and beautiful ways mm -hmm. and so sometimes I had to just like hold on to that so so tightly whenever class just sucked or work was just a lot. Um, because if you love something enough, you'll want to be good at it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just the drive to want to be good at it is what can get you through. Um, and I'm also a spiritual person. I'm a Christian. And so having that eternal perspective on life and just wanting to do good with everything you put your mind to is also really important to me. So if someone has a spiritual background and, you know, dig into that, see how that fits into your work. And so that you can be inspired to keep going even for a spiritual reason too. Mm -hmm. So I think those are my two biggest pieces of advice. You just have to make meaning out of everything you're doing or else when it gets hard, you're going to, just want to quit because there's no meaning to it anymore so yeah i think that, that that's my advice so there's some good advice <laughs> if you ask me because having a passion is extremely important when it comes to you wanting to pursue something because as you explained pretty much if you if you're pursuing something with no passion it's very easy to quit yeah so with that being said if you have a passion something that's, that's truly authentic in who you are and what you're about 
you're willing to sacrifice and, and give up whatever to achieve that. So I, I agree with you. I think it's really good advice. Y'all listeners, y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all need to listen to what she got to say. <laughs> Pretty wise, my friend. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very wise words of Caitlin. <laughs> so, but thank you so much for joining us and giving us this feedback, your advice, everything. I think it's going to help multiple students that listen and any anyone listening. Period. Like it can relate to students, just people in life going about their days. And I just really want to thank you because this is so good. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Thanks again for having me. Now for our lowercase segment and for our new listeners and those that don't know what it is, it's our lighthearted and fun little outro of the podcast. This week we're going to be discussing what it's like being in person and feeling some sense of normalcy this year within the classroom, social life, and just anything here at Mizzou. Um, To start off, you know, for me, being in person with classes, I still have half online, half in person. It's just a little weird. I got to readjust to getting up a little earlier, make sure I got to walk, make to camp, to class on time across campus. I live across campus, so it's a fun little walk in the rain some days. Um, All right, when you get to the winter, it's going to be a hike in the snow. Oh, thank you. I just hope I don't slip on ice. I've done that <laughs> once. Um, but other than that, like, the first football game was, like, a few weeks ago, and I was able to work on the field and just having the crowd there, seeing a full stadium was just like nostalgia it was so weird it was like freshman year all over again because I went to a game last year and it was like four people in each row and then just seeing the stands packed and everyone there it was just so fun the environment was fun and I just can't wait for more this year you know what I look forward to I look forward to being able to go back to basketball games (laughs) me too I look forward to being able to sit on the sideline uh, close to the sidelines I can possibly get, and and watching basketball again live and direct instead of through SEC network. But you know what? You know one thing I I, I don't look forward to for the remainder of this semester is sitting in them little bitty desk in the lecture hall. I feel like I'm riding in a roller coaster. I feel like I'm sitting in the back seat of a nine hour road trip, cramped up. And you know I'm I'm six five. I have trouble sitting in those itty bitty desks for my size now some of y'all might be fortunate enough to feel comfort right there but not me it was so funny so Devonte and i have a class together and i have to save him a seat right and he sits in the middle his knees are probably over the height of the chair can't fit in anything so in the little auditorium i get how he feels about that in person for me i can't relate i'm short I'm five too, so I have no issue. If my knees are straight up to the ceiling, they are pushing the desk up. That is a problem. I gotta cross my legs to do something to adjust to the size or the lack thereof of this desk space. But everything else, I look forward to. You know, I look, I look forward to socializing with people again, face to face, safely. Obviously, you know, you know, mask up, protect yourself, um, and get vaccinated too that's the best option out to this point so go ahead and you know be wise and protect yourself and others but you already know that's what we're talking about for this week i hope you guys enjoyed this episode hope you tune in for our next episode and peace out all right y'all